Hey, you're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project, where music making matters. I'm your host, Ashley Bienyage. Each episode features interviews with local music makers in hopes to connect the vibrant Winnipeg music scene with listeners like you. Through stories of songwriting, album releases, and touring, listen to the unique journeys of local artists who love what they do. to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Bienyaz, your host, and today I am here with Tracy Bone. Hello. Hello, Ashley. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. It's been a while since I've last seen you. Mm-hmm. We were both a part of uh, Air Sessions. We're both mentors. Yeah. And um, how have you been since then? What have you been up to? Oh, wow. Just like a lot of extreme changes, I guess. Like, uh, necessary things uh you know where i've been staying has changed things in my my family have changed uh um i guess just the way i look at creativity has changed um yeah i think it's just been a little bit of everything but but all is well good how how have things changed creatively are you working on new material um well I actually figured that I would be a little more um, inspired. And so I'm finding that kind of a challenge, I guess, maybe because there's other things going on, like uh, a lot of people going through things and some in my family and, um, you know, and how that affects me and, you know, my energy or my time to support others, but also trying to find that balance to make sure that I'm keeping up with my own creativity and um, having that motivation has been a little bit difficult. I completely understand. It's, it's one thing when you're, you're in isolation and you have all this, this time really to like, you think that you can be creative and work on things, but then there's like everyone else that you also need to be strong for and support and that can be exhausting. So I'm someone who's in very similar shoes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, we'll talk more about COVID-19. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> Anytime soon, anyways. But um, I wanted to take this time to to learn about you and who you are as a creator. So, how? Um, let's go way back to the beginning. And while you were growing up, how was music involved in your life? Well, when I was young, um, I always remember my grandmothers. Both of them uh, have passed now, but they, when I was young, they were friends, and they would hang out together and they would sing together. So I remember my grandmothers mostly. That's the first memory that comes back to me is hearing them sing, um, hearing other people sing in the, in the house. And um, from there, I think, you know, a lot of us kids, we, we kept ourselves busy and there were a lot of us. So we always had like cousins, tons of cousins to play with and stuff. So I remember this, uh, like this church being across the street from where my grandmother lived. And they would always have activities and it was something for us to do. And so I looked forward to, you know, the activities they had going on, but also they had um, choir there. So I was like around nine or so. And so I, I was so excited because uh, during one Christmas, they had these tryouts to sing this lead part 
I believe the songs were Away in a Manger and What Child Is This? Mm -hmm. And I think that was, (laughs) yeah, Mm -hmm. that was the moment I think I realized that I really, really must have wanted to sing because um, like they narrowed it down to so many of us. And um, if you didn't get picked, then you were just to go into the activity room. The rest would go into this piano room where they would sing with the uh, the pianist, and um, I didn't get picked one round. But uh, one of the one of the Sunday school teachers had asked me if I did get picked, and I didn't say no, but I shook my head yes, even though I knew that I wasn't picked. And she told me to go in the piano room, so I did, and I went in there. And I ended up getting the part. So (laughs) I did get a part. (laughs) Amazing. Just kind of snuck your way back in there. Yeah, I don't know what it was to this day. I just shook my head and and that's how my first solo started when I was nine. So Oh awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so then from, from from then on, like when did you learn to play an instrument and when did you start songwriting or writing your own things about? Well, I think from there, I would just sing like by myself, not in front of people. I was uh, pretty shy after that. And uh, I didn't sing in front of anybody till I was about 19 um, in public. I sang for a few of my friends when I was around 13 to, yeah, around 13 or so. Mm-hmm. But they kind of like, I don't know, kind of giggled and stuff because I had this vibrato. And I didn't know what a vibrato was at the time. My voice just did this thing and they would like kind of joke about it and like, ah, or make fun of it or something. So like, I it was bad. So I stopped doing it. And then I never sang in front of people till I was around 19. And that was in um, talent shows. So I didn't start playing um, guitar until those talent shows because I had won a guitar in uh, Norway House, Manitoba was the first place that I want a guitar and uh, pick that up and uh, tried my hand at that, which was very frustrating to begin with. Just like, you know, any other instrument, we have to be consistent and, and, you know, if you like it, you'll put the time into it. So Mm -hmm. I did that. And uh, I remember a few chords from, you know, just being around other people that knew how to play. And so I would work on that. And um, the only reason, like I said, that I played was, because I, I had won the guitar, so I thought I'd try it out. Before that, it was always just karaoke. Mm-hmm. So from there, I was pregnant with my youngest daughter, who is 18 now. And uh, I had almost not made it, I guess. I guess I, I almost died when I had her because I had a, uh, the <laughs> details. But, um, you know, the afterbirth that is to come after you give birth to your child, it was, it was stuck. So I was hemorrhaging and they were really afraid and that I wouldn't make it. So I had blood transfusions. And uh, after I had her was actually when I started writing songs. I think it was the first time that I could, you know, write about something that, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand. And it scared me, of course. But I think it was something that allowed me to share what I felt you know, with that experience of possibly not seeing my daughter and, um, yeah, just not being, being in this world anymore. So I'd written my first song, uh, first complete song that was called The Air I Breathe. And, um, 
that was about her and that that was about that experience. Wow. That's, that's incredibly powerful. And I guess once you finished that first song, you realized that there was a lot more that you had to say or that you felt that needed to be said? Yeah, I was still really scared. Like back then, I wasn't really connected to myself. Like my spirit wasn't really with me. And so I kind of lacked the ability to connect with my feelings and my emotions at, like from an, an authentic place. So I think like back then when I was writing, um, like I could only speak and write and sing about things that, um, that I understood. And that was the first time I wrote about something that I didn't understand. And um, so I think it helped me to explore explore those feelings as well um as far as uh you know fear and and how i can voice fear you know how do you put a voice to your fears so it was kind of it was strange for me the first time writing and uh after that i remember doing talent shows and i sang that song at a talent show i believe it was in cross lake manitoba and that had been my very first song and i was so scared and so I played it and I sang it and everyone was so quiet and I thought nobody liked it because everybody was quiet. I was like, it's no good. It's not good. It was like really hard on myself. And uh, afterwards I ended up winning the con the contest. I guess maybe they were quiet because they liked it. I don't oh, wow. know. <laughs> but That's amazing. It was scary. Mm -hmm. and, then it was, and then you kept writing and performing and, and you performing quite a bit actually i whenever i follow you on so, or, or checking on your social media i see that you're you're doing mm -hmm. some kind of performance or show or traveling somewhere and you keep yourself busy yeah because it's like it's the thing that keeps me mm, feeling like i'm i'm you know growing in my emotions and i'm growing with my connection because it to me i think it tells me that you know um I'm seeing things differently. Like when I write a song, you know, compared to the earlier stuff to now, I mean, everybody grows. So our, our perception grows and our, um, you know, our depth, you know, uh, just as a, as a spirit, as, as learning, you know, who we are as spirits, you know, being in a human body and having those experiences uh, has tremendously changed the way that I, that I write and and the way that I look at things and back then like I'd mentioned I I wasn't really connected to myself because of trauma when I was a young girl and I you know I'd learned uh, seven years ago when I had uh, began my own personal journey to healing from quite a few things that I hadn't even heard of I hadn't heard of codependency for one thing and uh knowing that that was something that was affecting my entire life and the relationships I had, the relationship I had with my children, uh, friends, anything. It, it really affected a lot. You know, on top of that, there was, uh, like back then, um, like I, I, I've been uh, working on myself for those past seven years. Uh, January 2020 actually marked seven years where I've been focusing on healing those parts of myself uh, way back to my, my childhood because that's, you know, um, that's what I've learned uh, about 
going back to the root of, of the trauma. And a lot of that came from being sexually abused as a young child um, up into actually my adult years and not knowing how to protect myself, um, being afraid to say anything, uh, you know, and I had to understand why I was doing that. Like, why was I hiding? Why was I uh, protecting other people and, and not protecting myself? And who, who was supposed to protect me? It was like such a confusing um, life, I guess, to like look at everything that was going on. You know, when I look back or think back about everything, it was really difficult to, uh, to know where to start. So different things such as sexual abuse, uh, physical abuse, uh, been in toxic and abusive relationships. And, you know, I've been the half of that, you know, it takes two people to, to engage in, in, in those types of behaviors and not know communication and, you know, not know how to respect yourself or how to uh, deal with healthy conflict or what that even looks like. So basically just started from scratch and had to unlearn everything I was ever taught seven years ago and rebuild myself and uh, yeah it's been very helpful in my uh, creative journey as a writer yeah. it's incredibly inspiring and and important i think that many women just hear that story of being able to pick yourself up and, and you can relearn healthy relationship i guess or even for the but, first time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That even looks like, right? Exactly. And I think that's incredibly important. And like you said, it's I th it's unfortunate that it happened, but to be able to turn it into a very powerful tool for your creativity, I think is 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 awesome and, and wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um so I'm guessing that's do you usually channel that for most of your songwriting or are there other aspects of your life that you, you like to write about as well? Mm. I mean, I've written about the abuse. I've written about uh, many different, um, I guess everything really. I mean, I've written about relationships. I've written about, you know, um, finding strength in uh, a song called woman of red, which was, uh, I wrote that because I had researched the history and I was really curious as to where the root of all the trauma came from and how that came to be and how it affected my grandmothers, my late grandmothers as like both of them went to residential school when they were young girls and, you know, just talked with them a lot about um, what it was that affected them the most, what their lives looked like before residential school and how it changed when they uh, got there and what their lives looked like afterwards. So, you know, it was my responsibility and my desire to understand all of that because, you know, I learned that without understanding any of that, you can't possibly have true forgiveness, uh, you know, for yourself, let alone another person. You know, I had to understand that through them, through them sharing, you know, their stories, even when they were afraid to or scared to, you know, my grandmothers gave me that gift. And, and through that gift of, of their honesty came the song Woman of Red. And honestly, when I wrote it, like I didn't completely understand it. You know, it's just like, it's like I write about things before I understand it. And so I kind of like pull myself up to a, a place where I can understand 
what exactly I was writing about. And usually that comes later, like even years later where I wrote a song, but it's like two, three years later, I really understand what I meant. Um, so I think subconsciously we know these things and we have this wisdom. And I think throughout the healing process, we just tap into that and we realize that, you know, we can see a little deeper into ourselves, but only we can only understand that once we've gone deeper into our traumas, you know, and understanding where these things, where these words, where these lyrics come from, really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I found that when I write lyrics and then I go back to them months or even years later, it's like there's a whole new meaning because I, I understand kind of, I think, what I was trying to say to myself. So I, I think that's, yeah. that's very true. Um, would you be able to kind of walk me through what your writing process is? Sure. Um, a lot of the times I will just pick up the guitar and I'll just play something and whatever I play, it, it, it's playing what I'm feeling. So it's like I'll automatically go to something like deep or something, you know, if I just want a good groove, like I'll always, I always tend to go towards a heartbeat. So I like that. Um, the, the, the beat, you know, heartbeat, the vibe, sometimes it's just a good feel, you know, the strum and maybe that will call for a, you know, a good feel song or something like, uh, uh, I have one called can't get over you. And sometimes I'll just go with the feeling of what I'm playing that will give me the idea for, uh, whatever I might be writing about. So I'll play something first, go with what that's making me feel or what it's making me think about. And then that's when I'll put some, a couple of ideas down and uh, kind of go with, with one or the other and see which one I get further with. And so I'll just kind of work it from there. And most of the time I'll only write like uh, a verse and a chorus and then, you know, I'll leave a few like that so that I can go back to it a bit later with a kind of a fresh ear or fresh thought. And, right. you know, maybe something happens that helps me to understand it better. So I have a lot of songs that are a verse and chorus. Right. That's interesting. Like I, I find that I, I, I can fall into that pattern and I'll write like one verse and one chorus, but then when I try to go back to it, I've lost that motivation or I've lost kind of the message I was trying to express or writing that, that second verse is always such a challenge to me. Um, how yeah. do you, how do you get over that? Or how do you stay confident that you'll eventually finish that song? I think like I, when I go back to something, something will just bring me back to it. You know, it's, I won't like intentionally always, well, half the time I'll pick it up and I'll see, you know, if I'm thinking of anything else, but if I'm not feeling it, then I'll just put it away and then I'll pull up something you know I'll look at another thing and be like okay I remember this and it just depends where my mind's at I guess if whatever I end up picking back up Mm -hmm. and and finishing and then there's times where where I'll just um I won't even go back I mean I have songs for that I've been sitting there for years and maybe they won't ever get finished that way then but I'm kind of just trusting that you know I'm going to get uh, gravitate towards what I'm, what still sticks. Mm. Right. Right. Okay. So then just be hopeful. So just don't lose. Kind of trust in that a bit. 
That's good, I guess. And that's, that's <laughs> I, can, I can feel that, that that's true, but I'm also just very impatient. And when I have an idea that I like, I'm like, I want this to be done now. And if I can't, or if I come back to it, I think like, okay, this isn't the idea I want to work on right now. Sometimes it just won't work and I get frustrated, but I guess just being patient and trusting. So that's good. Yeah. 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 Um, and not like, I think I was just having to be okay with that, knowing that some aren't going to, I'm not going to finish some. And maybe those are just meant to be, you know, those pieces and maybe they'll come back later. You know? Right. Yeah. And it's, that's good. And I, I like that we're talking so much about songwriting because you will be our featured mentor at the upcoming um, songwriters group on April 27th, which is very, very exciting. Yes. I'm very excited to have you. It's been a wonderful experience. Just to plug it. Sorry, shameless plug. But um, I'm very excited to have you there. I've seen you perform many times and I've, I've always been really drawn to your songwriting. And I feel like the way you approach music and the way you talk about music um, is a very healthy um, way of looking at it and being like, and being fair with yourself in terms of like writing. So if pe when people come and bring their songs, you'll be a very um, calming person to, to hear feedback from, which is always nice. So <laughs> yeah, it's a nice feeling to feel yeah. you know, okay to put whatever out there and just, you know, not feel so shy or afraid. Exactly. Um, and if people who are listening want to attend, just uh, send me a message. Um, it's going to be through Zoom. Um, it's, it's been working really well. We had our last one with Sebastian Gaskin, and that was a lot of fun. And I, I was worried because we weren't in the room together, but it actually allowed for more, I think, um, productivity in terms of and constructive criticism. So, wow. It was awesome. So, can't wait to see you on Monday, too. <laughs> yeah, cute. Should be good. Uh, the, the 27th. So, yeah. Um, Back to the interview, though. Sorry, shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> how has your life changed? I mean, you mentioned it at the beginning of the uh, um, at the of the interview, but in terms of plans with music releases or touring, how has everything with the coronavirus affected you music your music career and your music life? Um, I think that you know i think of course the obvious i mean you know we d we're not having the shows that we we used to and i think the biggest thing personally for me is that like i'm i'm an introvert but i'm finding during this time i'm really starting to come a little bit more out um, as far as like being drawn to the energy of people because that's important for me like I do a lot of energy work on myself and, uh, you know, I'm always learning about it and, you know, understanding everything's energy. And so I, that's what I think that I'm missing is the energy, you know, of having people around and like feeling what they're feeling, which can also kind of be tough for me because I'm also an empath. So I kind of soak up a lot of things like people, you know, when they're ex when they're happy, I can feel that when they're sad, I can feel that when they're said I can feel that so there's kind of a balance I need to have as well as far as energy goes but I think that's what I'm missing the most is regardless of that like I appreciate all emotion and I appreciate where people are at and I appreciate the energy people bring especially when it comes to creativity because you know, a lot of the songs I've ever written has come from dark places you know not so much the light so right. I've, I've, I miss that energy. I think that's the big thing for me. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, did you have any releases or any plans that you had to put on hold or that you're planning on going through or carrying through? Like, are you still going to be? Uh, well, I've, 
yeah like uh i haven't been working on on the album lately so much like uh i was working on it with derek miller and um i think just a lot of projects and stuff had come up and then this so i'm kind of just i'm not really worried about anything like I, every time i ever did an album it was always kind of rushed anyway and i wanted this time to not feel like that and i wanted to put the the time and and the care into what i was doing and also wait for some some other songs to kind of uh birth themselves i guess throughout the process and because right. the last album i had was in 2012 so you know we're talking like 10 years now almost yeah and i and i mean and now you've got nothing but time <laughs> that's true i know right and we think we have all this time that you know okay this is what i'm going to do with it but then when you have it's like other things come up so you're kind of having to mm-hmm. figure out where this all fits yeah and there's stress and you you want to be productive but you also just you need time to relax and like i'm finding the like i'm i'm trying not to beat myself up about not being productive 24/7 and like letting myself sleep and letting myself watch netflix if i need to um, yeah cuz i saw this really interesting um post on the internet at some point it's like we're not working from home where we are we're at home working because of this like or we're trying to work because of this. It's not like this isn't, if this isn't your normal, you're not supposed to just be able to do it right away. There's going to be some, some learning or some adjusting. So. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Um, what are you looking forward to most for when this is all over? Um, I think just having the ability to like, reconnect I guess you know um reconnect with you know all the people that I've built relationships with and you know started spending more time with creatively and with uh my family um uh, my mother right now on the reservation they are on a, a a lockdown right now so we can't really uh see you know each other's just it's I guess the same for everybody I, I for me I just looking forward to uh, reconnecting physically in a different new way like however we come out of this because we are coming out very different and more insightful and you know a lot more um, clear which I feel like is the purpose of all of this is to kind of see what really matters and then we uh, we all would just move forward with that and um, with our our new new visions and new ideas and new ways so i'm looking forward to seeing what all of this what this pause is bringing to everybody as far as ideas creatively and the connection they have to themselves their music and one another absolutely yeah that's i that's that is true i'm i'm expecting a lot of songs about quarantine and anxiety And yeah. that's just to be expected. Um, I mean, we, we're all going through it. So it's going to be one of the most relatable topics, I imagine, to sing about for the next little bit. Yeah. Um, we've been going through changes that way. Like when we, like for me, it's okay for me. But uh, as far as like, you know, 
nothing happening or it being still or quiet or calm. Like that's where, you know, I found that peace with myself, but others, they're not used to being alone with themselves and they're not used to knowing what else to do or may just turn to the same thing again to pass time and maybe picking up a lot of things that aren't healthy for them and, and, you know, just not choosing other things, I guess, or learning new things. And so it just makes me, um, you know, a lot more patient, I guess. Like I understand I've been there myself and I was so uncomfortable being alone and I was afraid to sit alone with my thoughts and I I'm seeing that around me and I know this, but I, I, you know, the person has to want that or understand that or be curious about it themselves. And, you know, when you sit with your thoughts and you're not comfortable with them, a lot of things can happen and can steer you away from um, what you deserve. Right. And do you have any advice for if you've ever experienced that, what kind of gets you out of that or gets you re-inspired or can maybe distract you from that to be, to handle being alone with your, with your thoughts? <laughs> mm. No pressure. <laughs> I just sit alone with myself. I, I make myself do what I, what I know I'm supposed to, but don't feel comfortable doing maybe, you know, I'll just sit with my thoughts. I'll wonder why I'm so, like whatever it is anxious or frustrated or you know what's making me feel so hurt and but that's like I'll sit with those thoughts and I'll ask myself like how you're asking me questions my advice is to ask yourself those questions as to what is making you feel like you can't be still with yourself and feel calm right like what is it that's stirring that emotion what where is that thought coming from because to me, there's always something for us to learn uh, when those thoughts come, right. you know, to understand, is this something that I'm supposed to be looking at? Is this something that I should work through? Because it's, I feel like it's always a benefit to work through any thoughts that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. But that's, I, it took me time to, to be able to do that. Right? Mm-hmm. And I don't distract from those thoughts anymore at, at all. Right. And I mean, I think it is a great idea to to sit and ask yourself those questions, but you also have to be ready to hear the answer and be prepared mm-hmm. to deal with that and be able to move forward with those answers because they probably aren't going to be what you expected. Um, yeah. And that, that can be scary, but there are also a lot of great resources um, mm-hmm. for people to talk to someone um, and everything. So I don't mean to get to spiral into that direction. It's, it seems very easy, especially with the news and everything. Um, but it is also important, I think, to talk about how real it is and how everyone is experiencing difficulties and, and ups and downs. Like some days are going to be great and some days are going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the reality, I think, is that, you know, I came into this world for, you know, up until I was 38, thinking that everything was supposed to be happy and good. And if it wasn't, then, you know, there was something wrong. But, you know, everything is a, is a teacher, you know, every challenge, everything that we go through, you know, to the darkest things that, that, that might come up, um, those are our greatest teachers. And really, uh, how I look at it is that we're our own healers because we're the ones who choose to sit with those thoughts. You know, we're the ones that are going to be the ones to look for resources when we need them or ask a friend for help, you know, and that takes a lot too for people to ask for help. It took me a lot 
um, it took a lot for me to be able to um, get outside of myself and um, yeah, just feel like I was even worthy of other people's time. So there's a, it's a process for sure. Like a step-by-step feeling like you aren't a burden, you know, by asking for help or taking up someone's time. It's all just really comes back down to, you know, uh, wounded, uh, the wounded inner child that, you know, we need to learn how to nurture. And when she cries or he cries, we hug him or her and we tell her everything or him everything that we ever wanted to hear. Like I had to learn how to be everything that I ever hoped someone else to be for me. And That's a that- lie process yeah for sure so absolutely mm-hmm. yeah but I mean and out of it you get some really great songs so there's always the positive <laughs> always and that's the thing is the perspective you know like my perspective I had such like um heavy thoughts you know prior to sitting with myself and taking steps towards my healing and being patient with that um but after, you know, doing it for so long, just like anything else, like picking up the guitar, you know, you're practicing something. And I think that's the biggest investment we can make is the one in ourselves, taking step by step. You know, I see so many others, you know, putting so much effort and energy into other people and not really having anything left for themselves. And, and in fact, you know, why we do that is because we don't feel like, you know, we don't realize that we're not treating ourselves as well as we're treating other people. So, you know, it's such a, you just have to be conscious, I guess, and and observant and and try and be aware of how you're treating yourself and how you're speaking to yourself and what you allow into your life, like people to support you, people to care, you know, you deserve all of that. We all do. Yeah. 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 And, and self-love doesn't mean you're selfish. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's really wonderful. Um, to totally switch back to the music world. Um, how, um, it feels weird to just suddenly transition back, but I'm going to start crying or something. So, <laughs> good, it's so, all good. so we'll, we'll move on from that. But, um, Let's say that there's somebody who's listening who is an aspiring songwriter or artist or, or someone who might be stuck in a rut. Um, what advice would you have for them um, in terms of, uh, you know, picking themselves up or starting something new like the guitar or starting something like songwriting or starting to perform or starting a Facebook Live or something? Hmm. Well, I think, like, uh, I believe that everybody – is a creator. I believe that everybody, you know, um, creates their reality and creates their life. So to me, that's the ultimate power is to realize that now, whether we actually believe it or not to, to begin with, doesn't really matter. All you have to do is tell yourself that you believe in yourself, you know, all the things that, Um, hope for up to hear from others like validation and all these things become that for yourself tell yourself these things because after a while you're going to believe them you're going to believe that you 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 can um you know have a voice that deserves to be heard you're going to believe that you know picking up something new like the guitar that you used to play when you were 12 for a year 
but never picked it up because I mean, I've met people who've been like, uh, well, I'm a mom now, so I couldn't really do it. And I was like, well, I'm a mom, you know? And like, there's many things that we can allow to get in the way, you know, and we know we're doing it and mm-hmm. we kind of say, well, I can't do this, I can't because of that. But really it's just tell yourself you can and just do it. Even if it's just for a few minutes, you might stir up that creativity and remember just like riding a bike again or find that passion again. Because that's what I believe why we're here is that we are creators. We're creators of everything in our lives, our reality, our emotions, the way our world looks, who we have in it, who we choose not to have in it. So I think the important thing is just knowing that that's, you have power. But I think the big thing is just convincing ourselves that, that we do. Absolutely. And that's great. And I, I should just have that on replay on, um, on the show because it's, it's important to remember that. And if you really want something, you got to go out and get it. And if you really want it, it'll be easy to, to, to push through those, those hard times. So, mm-hmm. um, and as someone who is the queen of making excuses, <laughs> my album is still on the works, <laughs> but it's, it's important. And I think that's, that's, that's valid. So, um, uh so what is what is one song that you cannot wait to perform live again after all of this and why well there's a new song called um shook me down and uh, it was a co-write with Derek miller i'm excited about that song because i've never played it with a band before so i've had quite a few songs over these 10 years just kind of sitting there dormant but I've been sharing them like acoustically and I'm playing a lot of shows by myself but I think I'm most excited about playing with first of all again and then playing something new that you know kind of takes a life of its own once you put a band to it and doesn't exactly sound like the recording which is also cool because then you have you know the styles of so many different players adding new things that you never thought of and I think that that's what I'm most excited about is just hearing these songs come to life you know it's like that giving birth to a song on stage you know that excites me and and seeing how people respond to that is is really exciting for me that's awesome I can't wait to hear it that's gonna be um I have to come to one of your your band shows it'll be fun yeah been a while yeah I've only (laughs) ever heard you perform solo so I think that's Mm. that's the next step so yeah. I look forward to it. So invite yeah. you to the next one. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so we do have to wrap up. Um, thank you so much for uh, coming onto the show. I've been wanting to have you on for a while now, and I'm very, very excited to have you at the songwriters group on Monday um, for, uh, as a mentor to share your, your wisdom and experience with um, the many participants. Um, mm-hmm. So where can people follow you and, and find you on social media or, or listen to your music to continue to support you? Uh, well, a lot of my music is on iTunes and uh, my, I usually have like um, everything listed the same. It, it, usually it's Tracy Bone songs. So anything on Instagram or Facebook, I do have three pages on Facebook, like personal pages and then an artist page. So there are four different pages um, on Facebook. And those are the two main things that I, that I um, uh, use, utilize. So awesome. either, either or. <laughs> yeah. And just Google, yeah. just Google and, yeah. and you'll find it. 
Uh, and I will, I will link to all of the social media. Um, oops. Um, sorry, I smacked my microphone. I will link to all the social medias uh, on every re relevant post that this, you're con the person who's listening, you, I'm talking to you, um, is consuming. <laughs> awesome. Uh, great. Well, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Um, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Winnipeg Music Project. Tune in next week with another interview with a local music maker. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Winnipeg Music Project. For more on local music makers, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music by Will and Art from Collector Studio. And a big thank you to UMFM for making this show possible.